Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And I'm joined today by my co-host, John. Hello, hello. So this is our first Zine Thursday back from Zine Month. And we've got a zine for you that I'm pretty excited about called Rogueland. And as a disclaimer, I didn't pay for the copy that I have of Rogueland. So just to put that out there. Yeah, I did. Uh, I reached out to the I couldn't find any physical copies available. And I reached out on Twitter to the creator goes by the uh, handle of Caverns of Heresy. And he had some copies available. I told him we'd be recording. So I paid for one and we got one for free. So. I'm really grateful. I think this is super cool. Just period. I, I think I want to, I'm not even sure where to start with this. So I'm not sure if everyone gets these when you get it or what the deal is. We got these little uh, note card size player sheets on one side. It's got like the little rules summary. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. And it's got like combat rules and stuff like that. The whole thing you need. Oh, it opens up. And uh, inside there is a character sheet on this little card. So it's it's pretty spiffy, really useful. I, I like it. It's a beautiful book. Printing is done well. It's black and white. And what it is from, from looking at this is essentially a rules light approach to, to a fantasy role-playing game. And it's similar to some of the stuff we see out there now, like Cairn or um, Nave and things like that. Only it seems to be focused on a roll over, roll high approach. It seems to be more akin to like third edition modern styles in some ways, like fifth edition. If you play fifth or third or, or some of those newer Pathfinders and stuff like that, this is a really friendly approach to rules like D&D that you might get into. Uh, so where do we even start? <laughs> he, I, I really like the way the the layout. It, I'll speak about that for a little bit. The layout's fantastic. It's uh, it's well organized. It's definitely for me throws back to older older types of D and I see the rollover being more modern, but it has the six classic attributes and a lot of it feels you know you're rolling to attack you're rolling for damage separately so the basic is it's all roll over similar to how even castles and crusades would do and stuff like that and they give you a sort of i guess a matrix for difficulty classes so you'd roll your stats and they also have a point by system in here don't they so that you have a choice between either rolling 3d6 straight for your stats or taking a pre-packaged they got a brute, a champion, a magician, a medic, a performer, a wanderer. And what you do is you start with 10 for your stat, I believe it was. And you'd add a, a three to one, a two to one, and then a one to three of them. And then nothing to the sixth one, I believe is how it works. And you build your, you can either build it or just do rolls and get your character random. Now, when you do the point buy, it has a prepackaged explorers. It comes with what your base hit points are, your armor class, your inventory, all that stuff is kind of planned in there for you to customize and kind of create your prepackaged, almost like a class. But I don't, I don't, I don't see that's where I get a little lost. Is this classless or not? Because we have prepackaged explorers as well. <laughs> yeah, I think these are just examples. If if you're going for a specific 
type. I, I would kind of consider it to be classless uh, with some examples included. I think Karen does the same thing. Yeah. And so the, the, with the ability scores, you're going to roll your 3d6 as you normally would. But once you, once you get that result, you just, you forget the 3d6 roll that you made. You, all you're worried about is your bonus at that point. The only thing you're going to record on your character sheet is what your bonus would be. So let's say with strength, you rolled a 12. That's the bonus of plus two. You're going to write plus two down. You're going to forget 12 ever happened. So there's not going to be ability checks like I guess we're used to where you would roll under your ability. All six, all six abilities have the same range as far as what your bonus will be. Yeah. From plus plus zero to plus four. So what you end up doing is there's a little chart for the difficulty class. And it reminds me almost a little of what's this called the siege engine in castles and crusades. Mm -hmm. And you just roll your 20 and add what your ability bonus is and try to beat said number. And I think the number spreads are, Oh, where'd it go? There was a chart in here for the number spreads. <laughs> difficulty ratings on page 10. So the difficulty ratings are easy as 10. Normal is 13, hard is 15, and legendary is 25. So if you don't, if you have like, if you've got yourself a plus one or a plus three, hitting that 25 is going to be near impossible. So that's why that's legendary. I think the highest they go up to in the bonus is like a plus four, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But the one, one other aspect of this game is as you advance, you also raise your ability scores. Um, each level I guess level, every time you advance a level, you can choose three abilities to increase by one point. So that's pretty quickly by level five, you would have 15 points to distribute amongst your, if you focus them all on one or two, they could have pretty high modifier at that point. I don't think you could go more than plus four though. Yeah. I'm not sure what the highest is. I may have missed that, but yeah, you can get, for me, it seems like you get really powerful really quick, but I could be wrong. The game master side of the book focuses on hex crawl adventure type stuff. And it gives you kind of a map in some places. It's got some good open exploration type stuff. And then details on that is the next. The charts in here are good for running hex crawls and kind of coming up with your stuff on the fly. It does give you some basic locations that are laid out in this map and a little dungeon in there. But I can see that it being that it would be very easy to grab just about any old school OSR dungeons and stuff like that and work with it. The way combat works is it's very player driven. Like when you're being attacked, the player's rolling against the monster attacking instead of the DM rolling to attack. Yeah, the monsters are, have a attack roll or attack score and an ac score and they're and it looks to me like they're always the same so if they have an armor class of 12 their attack will also be 12 and when you roll your defense roll you just want to add your armor class to whatever you roll on a d20 and you're trying to beat their attack roll if you fail you're going to take damage based on what damage the monster does yeah and the way armor works is you're rolling a die if you have like a shield it's just a die and you get to roll to take away from damage that is dealt to you. So having a shield would be very useful in this, has a lot more, has a lot more utility than I think most of the time where it just adds an, a plus one or plus two to your armor class to prevent you from getting hit. 
but the shield can do is prevent damage from hurting you so much. I don't think that armor class works the same way from what I've seen. You're just using that for the rolls and stuff like that. And if you use your shield, there's a, I believe it's a one in six chance, uh, a roll of one. Every time you use it, there's a chance you're going to break, you know, splinter your shield and it's going to be not, not effective anymore. Now I want to focus on something here with the character creation that I appreciate and like, and this is a common thread through some of these games. Whereas like modern editions of third and stuff like that, when you start to roll up the uniqueness of your character, it gives you very mechanical elements, things to add and stuff like that. This doesn't do that. When you're rolling up a character, you roll on traits. In fact, we should probably roll traits today real quick since we got this in front of us of a character that we're going to make. <laughs> sure. So we'll go through all the different traits. We'll take turns rolling and we'll see what traits and what the character would be like that we throw together. Now, they have the archetypes or whatever they're called, and they also have pack your own bag where you can take your amount of gold and, and put together the own, your own character, how you're picturing them. But the traits, like I said, aren't mechanical, but they're actually creating a character the way I like to roll up a character. So the first one is stature. You want to roll? Sure. Oh, I rolled a one, athletic. So we got an athletic character. I rolled a 32. Or I'm, I'm rolling percentile. I need to re-roll that. <laughs> <laughs> All I need to roll one, or I roll a 20 instead. I rolled a nine, hawkish. So athletic and hawkish. Yeah, your face is hawkish. Okay. That's, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was my face. The next is skin. Uh, eight. Perfect skin. Wow. Perfect skin, athletic build, and hawkish face. Some of these are a lot less, um, <laughs> what's the word? Charismatic? or Yeah, uh, charismatic. <laughs> so on uh, Yeah, there's war, war paint tattooed for skin, battle scarred. So on hair, I rolled a six, which is messy. Clothes, uh, 13 frumpy. So we got <laughs> athletic, well, beautiful oh, athletic. skin, but he's a... Uh, Messy hair and frumpy clothes. <laughs> On speech, I rolled an 11. Mumbling. All right. The next category is vice. Uh, it, vain. That kind of goes with uh, the perfect skin and the athletic yeah. stature. Yeah. And his hawkish face. For virtue, I rolled a one, which is ambitious. Hmm. Uh, the next category is misery. Uh, rejected. So he's got some. For some reason, rejection. Maybe it's because he's not such a such a he's not very kempt. He doesn't groom well. It sounds like with his frumpy clothes and his messy hair. Possibly. <laughs> On past, I rolled a seven, which is cook. So apparently, he's a cook or was a cook. Maybe he was a very athletic, hawkish feller with perfect skin that mumbled often while he was working in the kitchen. <laughs> he's also he's also vain. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, you it's see how if you, you put all this combination. Each category has twenty possibilities, and you can really kind of flesh out the kind of character you have. Yeah, I like this, and it, and it, it when I roll a character, this is the kind of thing I want. I want to figure out what is this character, what kind of quirk are they, how should I play them, how would they appear, how would they speak. So I know that this character walks around mumbling often, doesn't speak clearly. You know, guys, I think I'm going to I want to go fight them, want them ogres over there. We'll get them killed. You know, let's just mm -hmm. so give you something to role play with. 
kind of think about how I would talk as a character if I were talking in character mumbling or even describing what it is they say under their breath. So it, I like that kind of stuff. Wonderful. If you're not going to actually run this entire game, the traits themselves are worth it. If you play fifth edition or Pathfinder, like you could roll on this and figure out who this character is that you're creating and craft something unique and wonderful and get a feel for who it is you want to play. I think it works well. You could use some of them to come up with a good NPC as well. Oh yeah. I did want to mention before we ended here that the magic system is very different. It's got a mechanic called rogue, rogue magic. So I don't know if we really need to get too involved in that, but it is worth, it is kind of, Give a quick, can you give a quick brief explanation of it? So you have uh, scrolls and attuned items that have like a free form magic. And I believe a lot of the magic and probably a lot of the rest of this comes from Nave. And he, well, he lists Nave and Ars Magica. Um, so maybe the magic comes from the, from that, but anybody can cast magic in this. In other words, you find a scroll, you can cast it, but you can also have a rogue musician who is devoted to rogue, rogue magic and has a better chance of succeeding when using magic. Traditional magic, there are spell, spell books, wands, rune stones, and they all occupy an inventory slot. So your, your limit on magic is inventory. Each spell will be a spell book. It takes an inventory slot. Items, of course, take inventory slots. That's something we hadn't mentioned yet, but inventory is a kind of a way that it balances the game and keeps you from having too much magic. Yeah, your character's abilities, like like things like Karen and Nave and stuff, are depend are more focused on the equipment you have and the things you have to use. It works well. I think it will be a great game to play. I appreciate it. I can't recommend this enough. If you can get yourself a copy of Rogueland well worth playing it looks like you could easily use old any old school style dungeon masters uh i'm sorry dungeons and and stats for monsters and things like that with it as well yeah it's available uh i see on his website caverns of heresy he does have um print copies up and available now it's the only place i found that has the print copies that's u.s based there might be some um Canadian or uh, European stores that have it. It's also available in PDF from uh, DriveThru. I'll post the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. And those of you who have given us positive reviews, I want to thank you. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com. And now we're on Patreon. Any support you can give us, we greatly appreciate patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and keep those dice rolling. Bye-bye.